Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and I've got two dynamic duos on the phone with me today. Uh, uh, they are uh, just an incredible force of nature, if you will, uh, in the area of Tantra uh, and, and sexual healing and sexual energy and uh, understanding how that is a spiritual process as opposed to just a physical process. Uh, Dr. Ella Elsbeth. Uh, Moit and uh, Freddie Zentall-Weaver uh, have written a phenomenal book called Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love, and Intimacy. They are the founders of Tantra Nova Institute uh, in my hometown, Chicago, uh, and have assisted more than 10,000 couples and singles uh, in rekindling and expanding their love and relationships over the past decade. Uh, I am so honored to have you guys listen. Mm. Oh, thank you Great so much, Philippe. Thank you so much. You're, you're very welcome. So let's get right into it, because uh, I have uh, uh, understood Contra for, for a number of years, but a lot of people don't understand what that is and, and have never even heard of the term sexual enlightenment or use those two words together in a sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so for the definition, for the sake of definition, what is sexual enlightenment? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's sex, how we see sexual enlightenment and how we you know, uh, distinguish it uh, in the book is that there are two dimensions. Uh, so if we look at sexual energy, it is built into our wiring. Uh, without it, we wouldn't be alive. Uh, we conceive uh, and we generate new life through that energy. Now, that's all biologically set up. We don't do anything with it. It just happens. We can be conscious or not conscious. However, it's more like being an animal and not like that this is anything negative. It's just like part of our biology. Uh, So just like a bull and a cow go into heat, you know, and they move through the mating process. And um, so that is also how we are as human beings. It's built in. It's wonderful. It creates life. However, as human beings, uh, we are self-aware. So not only uh, self-aware of our human existence, but also we can become aware of our sexual life force energy. So that's the second dimension. Unlike, you know, the bull and the cow, the bull doesn't turn after they have gone through the mating process and says to the cow, cow like, oh, that was really good sex, you know? <laughs> right. um, however, we, you know, can assess not only how we feel, but we also can de- can determine what we want to do with that life force energy. And so the whole book is about how we can use that energy both for our own purposes to imbue our health, 
physical health, our emotional well-being, our spiritual connection, as well as also deepen our relationship with a beloved. And beyond that, how we can use that life force energy in fueling everything what we do in our life. Fantastic. Um, Freddie, would you like to uh, add on to that? If you, uh, well, if yeah, you absolutely. Think? You know, this, um, you know, sexual enlightenment, this book that we've, we've written over the last, you know, that's come out of our last 13 years teaching and working with thousands of couples all over the world, mm-hmm. it really comes out of a primordial energy that created life for us as we know it. Um, and those elements are creative, it creates life, and it's pleasurable. Um, when you start doing the practices that we teach, working with your life force or sexual energy, creativity and pleasure start showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex in the simple process of living itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where these big brain thinking homo sapiens been figuring out the universe for a millennia and the mind doesn't stop unless you teach it to. So the first part of learning to work with sexual energy is learning to develop what we call the observer mind. Mm-hmm. The observer mind is, is what oftentimes are taught as a practice in meditation. There's so many approaches to shifting, you know, what we don't seem to be able to create in our life in terms of happiness in work or live or, or in relationship. And very few that I know of or any really that teach how to work with this life force or sexual energy. And there's a systemic intelligence with it, you know. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, whenever creativity and pleasure show up in er- any area of life, things are working. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and uh, you know, pleasure, uh, you can have an orgasmic experience just having a wonderful, wonderfully prepared meal. Absolutely, an orgasm. <laughs> this is right. I like that. I gotta use that. Thank you, Freddie, for that. You, you can have that. Absolutely, I can have that. Thank you. I'll give you. I'll give you credit. Like after I say about three times, and then after there that, you that's go. Sure. <laughs> so, so when we talk about this, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about sexual energy, we, you know, uh, let's let's delve into that even more. Uh, there's many terms that, that people have heard, you know, chi, prana, uh, you know, all of these different types of, of, of energy. And uh, it's really all of the same. Is it all of the same thing or is there a, a difference between sexual energy and, and our chi or, or our prana uh, in right. terms of those other terms that, are, that have been used uh, in, in this genre? Right. Well, you know, uh, there are many uh, terms for energy, and energy in science will tell you that it's one. There's one energy, and they're really getting close to it now with the with um, the God particle. But absolutely, Higgs boson. Yes, Higgs boson. Right, and the accelerators. But we think of energy as one, right? Like so, electrical energy before we uh, use it to power, direct it to power, electrical computer or a car or a generator. So life force energy, our energy, electrical impulses and energy in our body, everything's energy. We're just a denser form of it but and it can manifest in a variety of ways for us you know in anger or laughter energetically or or sexual and when it creates though when energy manifests in the sexual uh, expression it creates life and it's pleasurable that's a unique expression of that energy and again it was creating life before we as thinking homo sapiens had any aware uh, awareness of our own awareness mm-hmm. aware of our existence mm-hmm. so um, there's an intelligence there. And so what we're really learning is how to co-create with this energy. Forever we've been procreating and for the last hundred or so is recreating with uh, the development of contraceptives. But now we're talking about is co-creating our life. So when we start learning how to 
tap more deeply and consistently and accessibility into our intimacy, which is what happens when we're in that energy. We're more open, loving, vulnerable, uh, receptive. Chemically, we change. Oxytocin is released. Endorphins are enhanced. Serotonin. Then we are shifted. Our experience is shifted. We become much more intimate. Intimacy into me, I see. And what happens when we bring consciousness to that awareness of energy, it starts to become the predominant listening outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Instead of living in that, you know, uh, left brain suffering mind, I hate my job, what am I going to do, 30 more years of retirement, mm-hmm. we shift the way we feel about our work, or we do create new work, and, or, or in any other instance. Absolutely, I love that. Um, talk to me about Tantra. What does the, uh, the term mean, and how does that relate to sexual enlightenment? Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, so, uh Tantra, actually there are two schools uh, or, or traditions that uh, we draw on. One is uh, Tantra, uh, which is a tradition that originated in East India. There's another tradition which is called Taoism or the Tao of sex, which comes from China. Both traditions uh, subscribe to the same principles which have to do with becoming aware of our life force energy that is sexual in nature and how to move that energy through our body, our being, uh, so that we can imbue our whole experience, our joy in life, our physical health, and so forth. So Tantra actually means, when we translate it, uh, weaving, and whatever we want to weave uh, in the context that we are talking about it, it's really weaving our energy through our, you know, up our spine so that my sexual and my love and my spiritual being become one. Mm-hmm. Because in our culture, we often live very compartmentalized. I definitely did before I learned about these practices. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, I live in my head, I think, I trained myself, I got a doctorate and all of it, and it's wonderful. However, that's just one dimension. And then I did some emotional work so that my heart would open more, that I would become more vulnerable and, you know, soften a little bit for my harshness. And, uh, and uh, however, it was not until I started my practice of Tantra that I reconnected with my life force energy, my yoni center, as it's called for the woman or sacred mm-hmm. space, uh, which then by clearing whatever was there for me in, with respect to lack of trust, uh, fear, uh, shame, you know, if it's a little bit or a whole lot there, it's just part of living in our culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by clearing that, like the life force energy got cleared, and once that flows more freely, it's like a domino effect from the sexual center up into the heart center, all the way up into the forehead and back down again, and greater a greater sense of wholeness and integration occurs. I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, one of the most famous songs uh, from Marvin Gaye was Sexual Healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, everybody, no matter where you're at in the world, when that song comes on, if you know you, you're going to bob your head, or you're going to be like, "Oh my God, that's my jam," you know. Yes, and you're going to and, and and but of course, in the song, he's talking about you know the physical act of sexual healing. But you guys 
uh, especially in this book, talk about sexual healing from a completely different perspective. Speak to us about sexual healing as it relates to spiritual enlightenment. Sure. Um, well, you know, there is an openness, as we talked earlier a moment ago, of the vulnerability and the intimacy that happens when we're in our sexual energetic. And to get to that, and the reason we don't live our lives, you know, hugging everybody all the time is because we have this 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 block, this Machiavellian thinking that is still in the perfect, protective phase of our development, you know, and we haven't made that spiritual quantum leap to seeing ourselves and each other totally yet. We have mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. and I'm hopeful that that's where we're headed. Um, so the healing happens uh, in terms of our own uh, disconnects that have happened in our lives, you know, the broken hearts, the people who have passed on early, our own broken dreams, um, you know, uh, thwarted uh, opportunities, whatever the things might be that we suffer about, you know, there's a healing emotionally. And so, and when we come to our sexual center, you know, what we're talking about here is when we talk about using that as a viable way to reconnect. And for most of us, it's enshrouded in shame and fear and guilt and old story and unconscious. Mm-hmm. So there's a healing that we talk about metaphorically and most literally that happens when we bring consciousness and some of the awareness practices that we teach with breath and exercise and, and the developed uh, observer mind to this sexual energetic. Yeah, it's also a little different for, for men than for women because our energies are quite different. Sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the healing takes place on a physical on the physical level of the body the emotional and the spiritual and mental level all four actually but anyway so given that uh, male sexual energy is really uh, the quick energy based on testosterone we call testosterone the quick hormone and uh, feminine energy is based on estrogen which is the slow hormone so mm-hmm. you know if we look at sexual uh, male energy it rises quickly gets easily excited and drops quickly and uh, female sexual energy rises slowly and you know really can hang out for a while before it may reach a plateau mm-hmm. and that is where I found myself when I came to this country and I started dating and I felt very dissatisfied in my relationships because um, it was like you know the male rises quickly drops quickly and went and I was hanging out there sure and I didn't know at that time what I know now you know I would wish I had but um, but anyway that was the moment when a woman friend of mine gave me a book on the Tao of sex that opened up so much for me and that Mm. journey started so for the male it's really to learn how he can breathe up his wonderful life for sexual energy from his sexual center into his heart center so that he can learn to sustain that energy and not only in terms of lasting longer and that will happen too more importantly to stay present to himself to his wonderful energy and then if he wants to share himself with a partner that he can then connect from his heart energy with her heart Mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. from a sexual uh, center. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. Uh, is there such a thing as being sexually broken? I mean, we have we have a bevy a of, of people out there who uh, have sexual addictions. Mm. Um, is this work uh, something that can heal someone 
from sexual addiction or being sexually broken and and uh, lacking, uh, if you will, sexual trust. Hmm. Well, you know, there's various levels of sexual addiction, and this work could help some and not some. Okay. Um, we don't specialize with sexually addicted people necessarily. Um, yet, if someone is looking for practices that will assist them in moving what they are really um, focused on creating, these practices can be very valuable for them. Mm-hmm. Healing, mm-hmm. Um, some of those wounds uh, that exist emotionally, energetically, and yeah, let me just add something to this, which it really depends a little bit on the person, because there's something about bringing our witness state of mind, and that is really if people are open to engaging in connecting with themselves in the present moment and starting to watch their thoughts, their desires, uh, their behaviors and actions through the breath, not just through a mental like witnessing, uh, dropping into their belly breath and then starting to listen to their desires or to their arousal. It requires a willingness and some discipline. And we have been successful where people are willing to explore into that. And then there are perhaps people who are really, they may not... uh, they may need to do work with an addiction counselor first mm-hmm. before they come to us. So it depends a little bit on where they are at. Gotcha. Understood. Thank you for that. Thank you for that explanation, um, it, it, which brought up a, a, another question, and that is uh, how. No, uh, I guess in the perfect world, this works best when you have a partner. However, there is you know millions and millions of singles out there. Um, how does uh, this work work for singles um, individually, and does it in some way attract uh, that better mate uh, to that single? How, uh, speak to us about uh, uh, Tantra, uh, Nova, uh, and, and spiritual enlightenment and, and those who are single. How does it work for them? Sure. Well, in our seminars that we do in Chicago, not necessarily all over the country or in other places, but certainly in Chicago, they are co-ed in, and also they're mixed with uh, couples and singles. We always gender balance. Oh, okay. You're, yeah, mm-hmm. And whether you're doing this work with a couple or you're, uh, you know, as a single, you're always doing your own work. And mm-hmm. doing okay. that own work, you will be able to more easily, if you're in a relationship, allow the other to be who they are and listen and speak your own truth about what you'd like to create in the relationship. Um, and if you're single and you're wanting to create relationship, you will start to allow yourself to walk through whatever the unconscious emotional aspects of uh, yourself that have kept you from being in relationship to come for. Mm-hmm. Or also, uh, you know, really coming to a place where they acknowledge that they want to be uh, alone. I mean, they don't want to be in a relationship, you know, and they are happy. Some people are totally happy, but they may be, you know... Uh, in a conversation li- that says they should be in relationship. Right. There's something wrong with their being single. Yeah, so the point mm-hmm. often just reveals to people, I mean, they reveal it to themselves through the context of the work, uh, what they truly want, and then when they acknowledge that, you know, there's no suffering any longer. And the practices also apply to, you know, being a single. I, for example, started out as a single. 
um, when I started workshops. It was before I met Freddie. And out of the work, I got clear what I wanted and did my own clearing. And then, you know, Freddie showed up. So, and I did intimate practices with practice partners where it's very clear what this is about and what it is not about. It's not about mm-hmm. sex or, you know, it's really about assisting each other in one's own healing. And a practice partner can be invaluable. Uh, for that it's not about falling in love with him or her it's about being there and which can be was most precious to me to have a practice partner who was just there for me and not for his own agenda that was a healing in itself you know (laughs) sure absolutely absolutely what about uh, sexual orientation Uh, you know most times when when uh, there's a, a conversation about uh, Tantra and and sexual enlightenment and partnership it's a male-female relationship. Uh, does this work for same-sex relationships? Totally. So we come from that it's all about energy. And uh, in any relationship, there is a polarity of yin and yang, or feminine and masculine, or receiving and giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that applies to heterosexual relationships as well as to same-sex relationships. And we, in our workshops, we have same-sex couples. Um, and we just teach from that uh, uh, place of that, you know, that one may be more in his masculine or her masculine energy and the other one more in his or her feminine or yin energy. Okay. Uh, and uh, in particular in sexual terms like often in same-sex couples one has a more vivid sexual drive and the other one has a more yin uh, beingness around their sexual energy and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman so then we work with these polarities uh, and then it's just as applicable fantastic Freddie did you want to add anything to that no, just that, you know, when we start out as um, zygotes in the womb, we're androgynous, and then as it's decided we're a man or a woman, in our full um, growth, we have aspects of testosterone and estrogen in our system, and then as we get older, the thing reverses itself. Men grow breasts and women grow hair in their faces, you know. So what we're, what we're advocating here is how can we energetically and emotionally be you know, integrate it with the masculine, feminine, or yin-yang dynamic in our personal lives and emotional lives. You know, not always being in the, you know, the, the male dominant uh, expression uh, or as the man not allowing ourselves to feel sadness or to cry or to be tender or to be mm-hmm. or nurturing mm-hmm. or for the woman to always be in the in, in this, not submissive necessarily, but the, um, the caring role or the uh, mm-hmm. nurturing mm-hmm. role. Uh, so how do we balance so that we are balanced, you know, grounded in whatever gender we are or prone to be in, um, and keeping a balance in in in, in our language and in our uh, energy and so on. And that's what this work does do. Is it really allows um, that kind of balance to to manifest? That's fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Elsa. Yeah, that's one thing I just uh, that came to mind is is that we uh, a, a trans couple. Uh, came to us, and actually they are still working with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- 
Uh, one already went through our certification program and the other one is completing her second level uh, this spring. And it has been so great for me to work with them because it has been opening my mind into how much we live in dualistic, in a dualistic way of being. Mm-hmm. You know, like with men and women and, you know, and not that I had already an expanded view of that, but through the two of them, it really allowed me to actually teach in a much wider sense around the feminine, masculine, mm-hmm. yin and yang, and, you know, how that is all inclusive, no matter what kind of genitals we have. You know, you bring up a good point, um, and that is... Uh, after you, after you both have, uh, you know, developed a, a, a certain level of, of, of efficacy and knowledge in, in what you do, uh, being able to teach that to others, what have you learned as a result of teaching others? Mm-hmm. Walk your, your walk your talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that this stuff works when you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we aren't about you know. So I I always start off to my seminars with sometimes I'm a teacher, sometimes I'm a student, and I think that's it for all of us. And thank you for coming to my seminar. One day I may be in your seminar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so to to really I'm really every every time I'm able to do this work, I am humble and I am grateful and. And uh, always willing to share and always willing to listen and never come so much from that I know it all um, and that we are unfolding this great mystery, uh, which is life, that we are, you know, we're the same elements as the stars in the universe, you know, and um, there's so much we know and so much we don't know. So That's fantastic. Fantastic. How did the two of you meet? Oh, wow. We actually met on the Internet. Really? Yes, yes. So, Incredible, excellent. <laughs> I was on this journey of creating a fulfilling relationship in my life, and I really had been in great suffering because I attracted, well, that was a pattern of mine to attract unavailable men uh, who were married or married to their uh, job. Or, uh, and um, I n- knew that I needed to do something uh, to see what I didn't see at that time. And so the tantric learning, uh, the tantric practice was part of that. Um, and uh, then I put, uh, you know, my ad on a tantra dating website that was uh, in 2001, and Freddie responded uh, with an email saying that he had grown up in a tantric household, and uh, that was so intriguing because that meant that his parents must have practiced that in the 60s. Now the 60s were about the you know hippie period sure. and sexual revolution, but not so much about sex consciousness. Mm-hmm. However, his dad, who is a a psychiatrist, you know, he integrated that, the tantric practice into his work and awareness and uh, methodology. And so, Freddie, do you want to share how you were introduced to it? Well, yeah. Uh, My father, uh, you know, saw this 15-year-old kid going through his puberty, and he gave me a book to read written by a guru who taught sex consciousness. His name was Osho. 
and he and I love the the whole idea at 15 of how to you know sustain my ejaculation and orgasmic and separate that feeling and extend it and so on and I kept playing with that through high school and college and kept it in my personal life and relationships and kept reading and going to workshops and never really thought I'd teach it um, but later in life uh, lo and behold after you know 20 years in the software business I moved to Chicago with a company and meet Elspeth and I'm looking and searching for something with more meaning and more authentic expression in my own life I'd always mm-hmm. um, done entertainment as more of a hobby um, and I'd done some teaching with the you know early in my career and so in this work I'm able to do all the things I loved in every job that I ever did they all wrapped up in one as an nice. authentic expression nice. and my best contribution on the planet fantastic so how long have you guys been together now since 2001, we met Freddie Sental came over for dinner, and the rest is history. <laughs> nice. <Right. laughs> Fantastic. And, and shortly into the knowing each other, within two months, we decided to do something together in business as well. That is when we created Tantra Nova. Yeah. Now, talk, uh, talk to me about Tantra Nova. Um, you guys are on the north side of, uh, uh, of Chicago. Uh, which is kind of I love that area. It's a very free thinking area. It's kind of it kind of gives you a little San Francisco f- vibe or feel to it. A little bit uh, square. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And, and so uh, talk to me about Tanchanova. How, how did it start? Uh, and uh, what do you guys do there? I mean, obviously you do classes and workshops and what have you. I even heard that you have what's called Tantra Theater. Talk to us about all that. Yeah. Well. Um you know, when we started, we started really with the study group, just teaching practices, and we kept okay. building on that, and we built our curriculum from that, and pretty quickly we formed the business together, and then we started doing workshops, and we started with a core workshop, a one-day workshop, then we expanded to a two, and now we have a three-day workshop, and we have um, what else but does a woman's series, level one and two. We have a beginner workshop, level one. We have a male healing workshop it's co-ed that's three-day a women's workshop uh, healing it's three-day it's co-ed as well and a theater workshop uh, massage workshops and we do them here and we're on uh, faculty at uh, Kripalo in Massachusetts and at Esalen Institute in um, uh, Big Sur California where we teach at those places a couple times a year and we travel around other places most of our work is here in Chicago at our institute here um, and the theater uh, work, I do a one-man show called uh, Sexual Enlightenment. It runs an hour, and then we usually have a question and answer after that, and I sing and drum and tell stories, and all in service of demystifying sex, love, and intimacy around my first orgasm at 13 or at 5, seeing my parents make love and what happened in that situation. And as I'm telling my story, people are thinking about their own story, so it allows mm-hmm. people to get connected to whatever um, you know, stories they have around their sexual selves. Uh, fantastic. So, so uh, what, uh, how can people get in contact with you? What's your uh, web address for, for uh, uh, people getting this information? It's tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com, tantranova. Uh, okay. And uh, for people, uh, they can get the book at tantranova.com. They also can get our uh, free 10 practices, how to create intimacy and love. I love that too. Everybody download that. Go to that site and da- go to tantanova.com and download that. It is phenomenal. Beautiful. Uh, so talk to me about this. Um, is there a difference between sacred sexuality and spiritual enlightenment in terms of definition or by definition? Sacred sexuality, um, I would say uh, 
sexual enlightenment goes a little further. Okay. Uh, sacred sexuality is really uh, connecting with the sacredness of our sexual being, where our uh, sexual and spiritual being really becomes one again, because originally we were one. Uh, we are both spiritual beings and earthly beings. As long as we are on this planet, we are earthly beings. So, um, however, we, over the millennia, it has been such a separation between our sexual, physical, earthly self and our spiritual self. And mm -hmm. through these practices, we reconnect with our sexual, spiritual being as one as a whole um, now with which is phenomenal which is like the basis for then expanding into the sexual enlightenment which has something to do with our evolution here as humanity um, and of course it needs to start out with each of us connecting our sexual and spiritual self but sexual enlightenment really involves the conscious evolution of ourselves uh, because we now have the capacity not to evolve only by impulse, our biological impulse, like mm -hmm. in our Darwinian sense, um, but also using our consciousness, our conscious mind in evolving ourselves, be that through artificial intelligence, uh, the capacity to move, mil I mean, thousands of people from one continent to another when we go into war. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of capacity we have now. And what we are saying with sexual enlightenment is that we can bring that capacity, that consciousness to our sexual self and use that energy to create our life, not only in the bedroom, that too. However, use that as a fuel to imbue our endeavors, our work, our relationships, our relationship with our children, our creative endeavors, whatever it may be. Fantastic. Freddie, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, no, just I think Elspeth said it all there with that. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so so when, when does one begin to notice a shift, see a result, uh, see, see and or feel a change uh, as a result of a session with you guys? Uh, and, and also answer the question that, of course, everyone might not, might not be able to go to Chicago and have a session. How can people in, you know, various different parts of the world uh, experience your work? Uh, and, and when will they start seeing some type of, uh, you know, aha moment that it's working? Hmm. Well, you know, the first thing that people become acutely aware of is how busy their thinking is. And I can give you a practice right now. Uh, it just take a, a minute. Um, if everybody who's listening would just uh, sit comfortably, uh, uncross your legs if you're in a chair, and just give yourself one minute. You don't have to worry about taking the dog for a walk or getting dinner ready. Just one minute we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So bring your consciousness to your breathing. Follow with your awareness the breath coming into your nose, down your trachea, into your lungs, and extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Follow with your consciousness, your intention and attention, the breath going back up and out, all in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Ah. Again, following with your awareness, breath coming into the nose, down the trachea, into your lungs, extending into your belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Ah. 
Exhaling back up and out, all in your own pace, depth and rhythm. And that was just two breaths. That was two breaths. We can begin to see how busy the thinking can be just in focusing on two conscious breaths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we couple that with working with the sexual energy, which when we're in it, we become more connected and intimately um, you know, uh, accessible. Then we've got something then. Then what happens is we become more familiar and accessible to that feeling, that intimacy, and that shows up in how we listen to our upsets and how we communicate our our uh, communications. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and then Go ahead, how, long, how long does it take, you know, to have some uh, proficiency? Uh, so it starts with doing daily practices, which include breathing practices, conscious breathing practices, parasympathetic uh, breathing, uh, watching, becoming the observer of our thoughts and conversations. Uh, that is so essential in order to, as Freddie described, become the observer of our life force energy, listening to our life force energy running through our body, both in an unaroused state and then later on when we are a little bit more advanced, uh, applying this to our roused state, moving our energy through the body. Um, now, of course, it may take for some one person, it may take two weeks to notice a difference. For others, it may take two months. What is really essential is a regular practice because just like in sports or playing an instrument or working on the computer with regular practice, I develop, uh, you know, familiarity. familiarity. Um, And then from there, you know, just, I mean, Philippe, as you know from your own work, the more you do it, the more you're in the practice, the more you pick up the subtleties mm-hmm. sure. which are not available in the beginning. And so dropping into the subtle energy body where we, you said this earlier so well that, you know, essential feeling can be there already just with a good meal or the breeze by the ocean on the mm-hmm. um, That And we could call that sexual, like sexual in the sense that it's creative and pleasurable. Absolutely. Um, and so, so really, we we tap deeper into the experience over time. Uh, so, and how people can uh, learn it, even if they cannot come to California when we are out there, or here in Chicago, or Massachusetts, is that they can get our book, of course, and then sexual enlightenment, and then we also have a home study course available on our website, tantranova.com, which really leads people through the beginning stages to the more advanced stages. Okay, fantastic. The play or bring my play to their city, we should do something together sometime. Oh, I love that. That would be a great idea. Uh, So, so... For, for uh, some practical aspects here, uh, I'm sure that uh, the, the optimum would be to have uh, a couple that both are willing to participate. But in many cases, um, uh, you know, it could be the guy or it could be the gal. Most times I'm assuming it's, it's, it's the woman who says, hey, baby, you know, I think we should try this. And the guy is like, oh, I don't think so. That's just not going to happen. Matter of fact, that's on my football night. I just really can't do that. Right. Uh, what, what, um, 
what, what, what advice would you give um, uh, uh, our listeners uh, who okay. might have a reluctant partner yeah, uh, but wants to do that? I can think of a couple that came to us like that. Um, she wanted to come. She said, really, we need to do something. I don't want to live like that anymore. And then he came really reluctantly. And then I remember it was during the first afternoon, Freddie was talking about energy, and we have this energy ball that actually uh, makes visible how energy works. It's like a plus minus, you know, just like uh, the plug that we plug in, the uh, plus and minus. Uh, connection and circuit open and close open and close systems like a light switch mm-hmm. so the way it works is you connect your hands and so we have a circle of 15 or so people and everybody connects their hands and the ball lights up and anybody in the circle who breaks the connection the ball stops mm. a very visual uh, expression of the disconnect that happens often that doesn't look like that but shows up like that in terms of our relationship and how we stop communicating and get distant and are affected by our old stories or and so on. Yeah, and then when we did that, two or three hours into the workshop, her husband just woke up. Wow. And he saw that there is a scientific basis what we were talking about. Yeah, that love connection that she wanted so much, but he, for whatever reason, had withdrawn from. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, opened uh, him up. And, uh, you know, then, of course, they learned practices and there was work to be done. But that was like the spark was opened. And uh, that happens, you know, not too infrequently that a couple's come. And you would be surprised, Philippe, how many men actually are the initiator. Mm. Is that right? Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They want, they want to have more sex or they want to become more intimate or, again, intimate. And, you know, the woman may have had uh, born children and, you know, different focus. They're not in touch with her body. And so the woman may be reluctant. Um, however, then also in the uh, process, um, then she or he learns to listen to her in a new way, and she feels being listened to and heard. And uh, particularly a uh, healing practice we teach that is uh, dedicated to the woman, uh, where the man is, man is in the giver role, that often opens up so much because... It may be the first time or the first time after a long time that she feels being gotten by him and being given uh, to by him, uh, which, you know, a man, if he's more focused on getting himself satisfied, he cannot be really there for the woman. Fantastic. This brought up something uh, when you were talking. I, uh, something uh, came to my mind, and and uh, you guys will tell me if I'm on the right track or not. And that is, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately there there are uh, you know millions of people who have been uh, both men and women have been sexually abused, uh, and and uh, I, it would be my assumption that uh, this kind of work would help heal. Uh, those those kind of wounds. Uh, what is your take on that? It, you know, it depends on the severity uh, of the trauma for the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, um, 
a traditional therapeutic approach can be very valuable for people. And oftentimes we have gotten people who have gone through some kind of an abuse at some level and still suffer under it. And certainly these practices have assisted them in moving past how that suffering had them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, so to answer your question, it can be, in some instances, very valuable for those who suffer with some form of, um, or some level of, of, of abuse, yeah? Yeah, I would say wh- whoever comes to us uh, with sexual abuse, all of them have tremend- tremendous healing and openings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it re- uh, requires a certain readiness to go into the work as we offer it. Mm-hmm. And most people who come here are ready for something, otherwise they wouldn't show up at our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's really, I can think of one woman who now even goes into our certification program, and she had severe sexual abuse. She had done, uh, you know, therapy and counseling for many years. However, there's something that is being touched on in the work here that is on a visceral, physical, energetic level uh, where talk therapy doesn't go. Doesn't go it's right. not ex- certain things are not accessible through our conscious mind because they reside on the subconscious level, on the cellular level. And through the work, we can tap or the person taps into that and it clears not only old wounds, uh, but also the sense of victimization, because usually that goes along with the experience, mm-hmm. the sense of helplessness. Mm-hmm. And by clearing that, they can come into their own alive, vibrant being. And this woman I'm thinking of who had really done a lot of healing before she came to us, however then through the work here, totally shifted into her own vivacious being and where she got in touch with that she is uh, brings forth you know her own happiness and and uh, could leave behind whatever was there in the past and she now is dedicating herself to bringing that uh, possibility of healing uh, to youth wow that's fantastic wants to get certified, and I can't wait for her to do that. That is fantastic. Talk to me about the certification program. What is that, what is that process for people who are interested in that? Yeah, so um, everybody who wants to go into the certification program, we start to do our foundational curriculum, which consists of two or three-day uh, workshops, uh, beginner and intermediate workshops, and then uh, for men to go into Freddie's all-men's workshop and then women to do my women's work and also to do some body work. Freddie teaches a wonderful tantric body work that allows people to connect more deeply and intimately with themselves and with a partner, be it their own partner or a practice partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once people have gone through the work, they get clear that they want to go on to more advanced work. Because when people come to our advanced work, the certification program, we want them to be ready that they are clear that this is what they want to do. You know, it's not any longer, oh, that sounds very intriguing and interesting. And no, they are willing to do the work. Uh, And then it's uh, a three-month level one uh, certification, 
and then we uh, and that is to do further one's own deeper work, clearing, opening, and you know whatever may be there. And then the level two is where uh, uh, attendees learn how to uh, teach teach the what we call foundational uh, tantra nova practices, uh, and they do some work with individuals. They have novices to work with people who have never done work with us uh, from their own circle, and then uh, also teach in groups and assist us uh, in workshops. Get to teach there. Um, uh, you know, teach practices. So really that they leave here with very practical experience. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, what about, uh, you know, I, I have a, a, a couple of friends, they, they've been married for 44 years, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, uh, you know, a psychologist once said, you know, in relationships, sometimes in, in long-term, long, you know, long-term relationships, uh, is that the, the greatest thing that they have together is history. And, and uh, on the side of that, the worst thing that they both have is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so w- w- talk to us about the, the, how can this help couples uh, who have been in relationship for many, many years uh, with each other. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of like um, – the spark kind of leaves. Uh, things become a little bit more routine. You love each other, but it's just kind of not the same uh, as it once was. How Can this bring the spark back into relationship? Oh, no, absolutely. You know, uh, the thing about relationships is you kind of get a little complacent and kind of fall into patterns, particularly sure. long-term relationships. So not there's not one person with a mind that doesn't have a dream. And oftentimes those dreams aren't fulfilled when we think it might hurt the other. So live a little, risk a little, be willing to speak with your partner about what you want to create. It might be a trip. It might be whatever it might be. Um, to begin to bring a little bit of uh, risk and adventure into uh, your experience. Like for me, uh, last summer I got a motorcycle. I got a Harley Davidson uh, Road King, a brand new. Sweet, sweet. And, um, you know, maybe a midlife <laughs> crisis, whatever. But, you know, Elspeth and I, we work together, we live together, we love each other very much, and we need to have separate time. Oftentimes the travel that we do is together and we work and we live together. So this motorcycle, she hates motorcycles. So <laughs> and I used to have a motorcycle in high school, so it was a nice return to that experience and kind of the zen of, you know, zen of motorcycle uh, maintenance. Um, so I started taking these trips, and I find them totally invigorating, enlivening, and refreshing um, in a sense of adventure and excitement. Not that this work isn't, yet it gives Elsbeth a break, it gives me a break, and we come back refreshed. You know, and those so there's a balance of, there. There's a balance there as a result. Yeah, yeah, keeping a balance because oftentimes if you kind of, you know, there's old sales technique, the T-bar where you put on one side of the T the things that don't work about the sale or the purchase and then on the other side the things that do work. And there's a myriad of things that do work and usually one or two things that don't work on the, on the don't, don't work side. Usually it's money. <laughs> but <laughs> you can do that with relationship. And when you've been together for a long time, there's usually something that works about the relationship. And one or two things that's stick out like a sore thumb that don't. So how do we work and what tools do we have to work with and let go of and move through and shift the things that don't work? 
And those are the old patterns that have kept us locked into a complacency, sort of a rationalized suffering. You know, well, it's not killing me, you know, but uh, what am I going to do? You know, we've been sure, for sure. years. You know, well, what are you going to do is be happy. And how do you, and what, what does that look like for you? And then how do you talk about that and create that? You know, that's, that's fantastic. What about. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And that's uh, what practices do. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So, the over, so, so what would be your overall, I mean, this is your first book uh, together, is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, thank God that you finally did it, because the world definitely needs it. Um, yeah, hopefully. But what, what, what is the uh, overall goal uh, that you want to achieve uh, with this book? So, oh, thank you so much for asking this question because the the book gives us a much broader reach and we on purpose didn't call it a tantra book because, yes, we do draw on these uh, wisdoms uh, from the ancient times. However, we are Westerners. We are living, you know, in the United States and we have made this for ourselves and also want to make this for others applicable uh, as far as our Western life is concerned. And uh, given that these are universal principles around life force energy, energy in general, you know, like uh, uh, like in physics, uh, just as Freddie said earlier, it's mm-hmm. a sexual energy. It's a very particular life-giving energy. Um, then also the whole the principles of that we are emotional beings and that we are spiritual beings. Um, no matter what we what our face is, what uh, denomination we may uh, uh, belong to or not, uh, that we tap into these fundamental, these foundational universal principles and put them to use to embellish our life, our creative self, and most importantly, to live our lives more fulfilled. Fantastic. So, so, so that is really with, with a book to reach a much bigger audience and share what's available. And, and you know, these things, we don't uh, get them taught in... Uh, in kindergarten or high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, you know, they are very, I mean, you know about them, and, mm-hmm. you know, something has drawn you to learn about it. Absolutely. Uh, however, mm-hmm. it's not mainstream yet, just like yoga 20 years ago, you know, it's like, sure. what do you do? You're a little weird. Well, you know, you bring up a good question. You guys have been on every television show, all the news stations, NBC, ABC, you know, every everywhere, uh, all over the world with this. Uh, how has uh, how is it changing? How is it feeling out there? Uh, is are people becoming more open and aware to this? Uh, is it still considered, for whatever reason, ta- you know, kind of a taboo, or kind of you know, uh, uh, um, new agey? Or uh, what, what's the general consensus of of, of of the overall collective consciousness of this? Yeah, you know, it, the sense is that things are changing. You know, with the information dissemination highway. There's a critical mass, I think, that will build in terms of information and people knowing about um, sex consciousness and awareness. And certainly Elspeth and I are on the forefront of pushing that envelope um, because we really do, and I really do feel that this is the last frontier to our own making that spiritual quantum leap as a human uh, human. Uh, race to seeing ourselves in each other. I mean, mm-hmm. 100 years ago, we couldn't feed everybody on the planet. We can do it now. 
We just haven't mm-hmm. made that leap to really ending war and you know building infrastructure and creating a world that really supports life in the fullest sense of the word. Um, and that is at the core of this work. You know, once we tap into this intimacy, which is encapsulated in the sexual energetic, bringing consciousness and and you know awareness practices to the sexual energetic, that just becomes a presiding way of listening and being in our lives. And it's that's the intelligence of that energy. Again, it was creating life across the universe before we were aware of our own existence. And there's an intelligence there. Um, and it's not to say, well, what is that? Mean the quickies are out, or that lusting is out? No. What we're saying is to have options, to know other uh, choices, and this is one that is new to people. And I think it will—it's—it's it's more and more becoming um, a catch-on because just mm-hmm. look around the priests, sexual abuse, the high divorce rate, uh, these—you uh, know—politicians and wealthy—you know—people being caught in these sexual scandals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you know, overeating. You know, you're going to get fat and get diabetes and so on. Wake up! Absolutely, yeah, I love think that. that. The world is waking up, and we're hope, hopeful. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, the book is Spiritual Enlightenment, How to Create... Sexual. Sexual I'm sorry, Sexual Enlightenment, excuse me. Well, it could be Spiritual Enlightenment. Well, okay, Sexual Enlightenment. The title was taken, so we had to go with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment uh, in Life, Love, and Intimacy. Uh, The website is tantranova.com. Go and get this book. Uh, and uh, practice it, uh, make it a part of your daily life, uh, and work it as you would work your regular spiritual discipline of meditation or prayer or whatever that is. 